Welcome to the DHB, where Hillary and Sonia will give monthly tips to help you thrive in both your personal and professional lives. To do a deeper dive into these concepts, check out our membership and consulting pages at thedheffect.com. So today we are going to talk about boundary setting. And I don't know about you, but I have always been confused about what a boundary is for me. I always imagined it as this line that I somehow like, I'm going to define this line. And if anyone crosses it, I'm going to somehow respond to it. Although I never had a set of behaviors or a plan on how to respond to when people cross those boundaries. So let's begin there. What are what our boundaries, boundaries, right? I know that's such a great question because a lot of times people think of them and they're like, oh, they're restrictive and I have to be mean, right? Like that's kind of what people think of. They're like, oh, they're aggressive. But boundaries are really, it's when you've taken that time to think about how you want to be treated and how you want to show up in the world. And then you think about what behaviors have to be in place in order to allow that to happen, right? And then if anything goes against that behavior, what are you going to do in order to get back to the boundary? So good Mm -hmm. example is something like respect. Mm -hmm. It's your rules of engagement on respect. Respect is something that I require from others and also I require giving it. So Mm -hmm. my boundary is respect. If somebody starts to approach that, it's not, boundary is not about me pointing fingers and being like, you cross my boundary. A good boundary never gets crossed. You see someone approaching it and you go, Ooh, this feels disrespectful. So I'm going to remove myself from the situation. I'm going to communicate to the other person that they're disrespecting. So it's really about the rules of engagement so that we stay true to our authentic selves and the energy we want to bring to the world. I think one of the most powerful feedback, because sometimes we don't know, like, oh, yeah, I do have this boundary. It's very clear in my mind. I think I'm articulating it to the others. But what a great, powerful message when you consistently get boundaries crossed. Yeah. Um, Even when you thought you've articulated them, you didn't know that you had a style where, wow, wait, they're constantly over the line and I am exhausted and overwhelmed and now I'm frustrated and resentful for it. Yes. So, and and what you just um, tapped into is like, wait, take an exhale, pause. What is it to you? What does it look like? How does it show up? Is there alignment? Yes. And so we have some exciting things. We want to review some styles. Yeah. Because I think what's hard for everybody, Sonia, is that you have it out here and you're like boundaries. Yeah. And it's like, how can we grab it and pull it down? And I think a great place to start is there genuinely or generally are five different areas or styles of boundaries. And not all of them are where we want to be, but maybe you can recognize yourself in, in them. I actually recognize myself in all of them. For sure. yeah. I always want to be in the last one that we reveal at the end is really where we want to live in. But I've had moments in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, that's been me. Um, and the first one is a permissive pal. Are you everybody's friend? Yes. yes the yes person. So <laughs> it does. I'm just going to let everybody, it kind of looks like a doormat though. Yeah. It feels like one, huh? It feels like one. Have you had any experiences with that? Yes. Yes. Of course. Because I used, you know, I thought, you know, like I'm nice. I'm, I want to be kind. Kindness actually gives me really positive responses from others. Right. Um, But then there's that, then the boundary happens like, oh, wait, that felt like I was being taken advantage of. Yes. Um, And then, ooh, now there's conflict. Now that's completely against the alignment of being a pal. Yeah. And so 
my olden days, I would run away from it. Like mm. my, I guess my reaction to that boundary being crossed was I'll run away from my own personal boundary because I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to take any accountability <laughs> for it. Right. Well, and it shows up so differently. I mean, it can show up at work one way. It can yeah. show up at home one way. Our kids sometimes will be like, oh, and our kids, we feel like they're walking all over us and taking advantage and they're not doing what they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a, an experience from work yeah. too, which I think is so helpful and I bet we can all identify with it. Yeah. I still feel a little bit of it, it remembering this. This was long ago where, you know, our, our boss of a small team would just constantly say, yes, yes, yes. Oh, can I miss work tomorrow to go to a party? Yes. Can I take this lunch and extend my lunch by 30 minutes? Yes. And so, yeah, you know, this supervisor, she was loved, but there was then an imbalance of the workload. Right. And then there were some who were feeling a bit of that resentment. Yeah. Um, so common. We hear yeah. this all the time. Right. There was, and again, this person at the end, when everybody else is gone going, wait, why do I have to do all the work? Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. And For then sure. you end up with that, that struggle. So permissive pal been there. Yeah. We've all, I, I've been there. I've yeah. been there. I've been there until I decided not to be there. Yes. But sometimes when we decide not to be there, we actually become a sidestepping slider. Right. Right. And you're like, I'm going to start nice. We think of it as nice. That's the funny thing is we think of, of not having boundaries. I'm going to show up nice. And then everybody is going to listen to me because I'm nice. But the funny thing is, is everybody has different interpretations of respect and all of these different things. And so expecting someone else to know what you mean when you are looking for respect is really hard. So these sidestepping sliders start out that way and then they get pissed. Like what you were talking about when you're like, I resent this. Ah. And so then they flip to the other side and they become dominant. Like mm-hmm. we call it the dominant dictator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're going to talk about that one next, but it's just like, all right, fine. I've had it. And then it, it, everyone's like, wait, what happened? Right. And you, as the person who had that boundary, you can see like all along, I had this when I was a parent. Oh my gosh. I can remember this. Cause I had three kids under the age of four and I was a stay at home mom and Jeff was traveling all the time. And I would just get tired. I think part of it was just tired. And so I'd start out and it's like, we're going to be happy and we're going to do these things. And it was so lovely. And then of course they were kids, they needed boundaries. And so they were pushing my buttons and trying to, and then I would finally just lose it. And I would be like, and then I would go, just wait till your dad gets home. Oh, Oh, I know the things that I thought I I would, yes, the things I thought I would never do. And um, it took me a long time to develop my own consistent boundaries where I could say like, no, this is what we're doing. And you can go take a time out (laughs) until you can figure it out. (laughs) And that so resonates with me in a work environment, right? Where, oh, my, my, my supervisor, my, even my coworkers, they're being so supportive and there's, you know, there's the niceties and, you know, everything's going well until I do something that wasn't aligned with an expectation or an outcome or a responsibility. And it's really, the response is hardcore. Yes. Like that wasn't what you were supposed to do. Now we're behind. Yes. And, and it's like, ouch. To me, it's like within families, there's a lot, I'm going to just say there's a lot more maybe forgiveness because yeah. of the love involved, but in a yeah. work environment, when you do that, it's a betrayal. Yes. And it's a, it, I mean, when we, we can cut trust at that moment. That's so true. That's so true. And that actually, you know, especially that dominant dictator yep. tends to, there's something that Amy Edmondson, Dr. Amy Edmondson, um, calls psychological safety. And in psychological safety, when we feel 
like we can make mistakes and we can learn and we can grow, we can be innovative and we can all of that, but it really has to do with trust. But when we feel like someone's going to come at us, it's really hard for us to be creative, innovative, productive, any of those things. Cause we're just in stress mode all I'm, the time. I'm a, right. I'm fearful. Yes. Yes. And you can feel like actually talking about it makes yeah. my chest, my chest tight. Um, and that we call that the, the, uh, the dominant dictator who comes in. And I think it's old style leadership. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Of when like, your dad comes home. Right. <laughs> right. Like the dad was the leader or at a workplace. It's like an older generation might come in and they're like, I have to tell you what to do. I'm going to demand respect and you're going to it's the sure. general. Yeah. Oh, for it's sure. the general. Right. But what happens is everybody goes. <gasps> and so you might get doers, people who get things done because they're afraid of you, but you're not going to have trust. You're not going to have innovation. You're not going to have creativity and the environment's going to be toxic. Oh, oh, for sure. I, I can remember what it creates is like my followers are obedient. Yes. And I am a producer um, professionally. And so I would produce simply to get the the pat on the back, like, oh, did I do okay? And like, oh, you did fine, you know, check, check, check. But I wouldn't be creative. I wouldn't contribute beyond. Uh, So there is that that fear. And, you know, I feel that the dictators, they think that I shall claim myself as leader, the process is going to work in this one way, in the name of efficiency and Mm -hmm. getting to the outcome. Our job market is demanding so opposite of, of what our dictators can provide these days. Absolutely. That is so true. That yeah. is so true. The agility and flexibility that needs sure. to happen in leadership is a whole different ballgame yeah. for people. And we're, we're seeing that conflict happening right now. That's why a lot of employees are leaving. They're not leaving to go home and do nothing. They're leaving for a better work environment. That's a hundred percent right. So. No. And then, and then people might respond and they're like, oh, okay. So I know I'm going to be a democratic diplomat. I'm going to bring everybody into the room. I'm going to make everybody feel seen and heard. We're going to talk. We're going to meet. We're going to have more meetings. We're going to have surveys. We're going to have the next thing. We're going to have the next thing. We're going to have the next. Aren't you exhausted? And no decisions get made. People have decision fatigue. They lose patience. They lack clarity. And sometimes people don't even give, like they give choices that are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to do? Look, there are really only two options. So can we just get to this? So people who are this democratic diplomat, they, they, they really find that things take longer to get yes. done and they're frustrated by it and they don't know why. Yeah. They're, and they're like, I'm looking at our time. We're always behind schedule. Yep. And, you know, there is this balance of, you know, there, we do want that decision-making process, but we do within the boundaries that are set. And so when you leave it to this word collaboration, such a big popular word, like we are a collaborative environment and a, well, it's got to be within these boundaries because right. you do have a timeline. You do have to produce. That's right. Right. So, no, I love that because it really brings us, I mean, we're getting closer to yeah. where we really want to be, which is this heart healthy human, right? Like where we feel good, where the other people around us feel good because clear is kind, yeah, right? Clear. As Brene Thanks Brown for, says. Yes. Well, Thanks, Brene. Brene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really it's when we're communicating and giving clear expectations, you gave such a great example of this when you were talking to me about one of your old CEOs, you said you could go with anything. Yeah. yeah in a work environment. I also have a home one too, that I'd love to share, but our CEO would say, I am, a, I am, I will meet with anyone in this company, but if you come to me with an issue, the requirement is that you also come with two re- solutions, because I want to know that you are providing evidence that you've thought about ways to resolve. It may not be right, but at least I know you've invested in the solutions rather than just complaining to me. I love clear. that so much because it's clear and it's for him, it's respect, respect my time. And also I respect you enough to not think 
for you, right? As a leader, I'm trying to cultivate your leadership. Great leaders build other leaders. So if you come to me and I have to be, plus, can you imagine being the one having to make all these decisions? And by the way, we hear this from upper level management and CEOs time and time and time and time again Mm -hmm. is everybody wants me. Everybody has great ideas. Nobody wants to implement. And what makes somebody really, truly stand out is if they've set that boundary and said, absolutely come to me, but come to me with your solutions and I will help you get to the bottom line and execute. Oh my gosh. It makes everyone feel happier. Oh, for sure. And I want to take it to the family end. I, I make a joke that I am, and you are as well, the COO of our family. Um, and I love, you know, particularly heart healthy human. Human is per- is intentional. It's wherever we are. How do we show up with right. these boundaries and be consistent? Uh, but one of the this is sometimes for some families extreme. But we have a we the house shuts down at a particular time at nine thirty, and we do ha- we have we have a twenty one year old. She's out of the house, but we also have a middle schooler. The house is shut down. Everything is closed. We go into we go to bed. We either sleep or we read. And we explain why that's so important. Sleep is a value in our house. This is how it benefits every one of us. And it's been one of those very clear boundaries that everyone just knows that they that it's for the benefit of everyone. And guess what? Even my 21-year-old now, third year of college, she still goes to bed early because she's she's kind of experienced the benefits of that. Yes. Uh, and I just feel like sometimes we want to be the slide stepper or the permissive pal but in the long run, who is it benefiting right. the outcome? So I just wanted to share the family. I love that because those are the ground rules. Like you have ground rules. You have things that help you get to what the value is. And the value is love, right? Right. As well as respect for your body, but yeah. self-love as well and peacefulness and excellence. I can't show up with excellence if I don't have sleep. Sure. So all of the things that are your boundaries as a family and your values and virtues as a family what do we have to do in order to get there? Yeah. One of those things is a very firm ground rule. We have to get to bed at nine 30 and this is what, and this is out of respect for every single person here in the family. And it is so clear, right? Oh, it isn't sure. like, please be quiet. Please be quiet. Please. But no, this is how it looks. And there will be, I'm curious. I know I didn't ask you this before, mm-hmm. but I was just like, do, what is there a repercussion that you, what would happen if somebody was up later than that? Uh, you know, there's that's never come up. Interesting. So, I wonder why, because it's been so clear from the time they were little so clear and consistent. Oh yeah, I'm so I'm so good at practicing consist- consistency. You are. And so then I'm thinking, okay, so now you've kind of heard of these, you know, these categories of where you might be in terms of the kind of boundary setting or or not that you are. Um, and so now it's like you might be asking, like, how do we start? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. Is there, how do I have time to even really reflect and design what my boundaries are and how do I engage in those? How do we do it? Well, and it's so, that's such a great point. I think that, and I would highly recommend connecting with us first of all, just because that's, it's helpful to have somebody else to talk to. I mean, through our master classes, we're going to be doing it in, in other things as well. But beyond that, it really is setting aside purposeful time. Mm-hmm. For you as an individual first to really, truly think about how do I want to show up and how do I want others to show up for me? Right. Um, and then like, if you're just an individual, if you're a fam, if you're a family, you have to do the same thing as, as a family unit. Like, how do we want to show up as a family? One of our boundaries I've told you before is joy. Right. And everyone's like, that seems like really cheesy. It actually isn't because 
well, at least not to me. Um, but one of those things is the energy. If you've had a bad day, you get to have a bad day and we can talk about it. But if you come in and you take it out on everybody else and you suck the oxygen out of the room and you make everybody else crappy, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And so we have boundaries. I can go into another time mm -hmm. about like what happens when, when that is there, because you do get to have a bad day. Um, of course. So I think it's that idea of taking the time first to really think about it in a workplace as well and establish it takes time on the front end. But what we've gone into companies, we've worked with people to establish this in meetings and workshops and things like that, where they, they get their rules of engagement, their boundaries down as a team, everybody understands. We take that purposeful time and then everything speeds up. Their decision-making speeds up. Their creativity speech speeds up. Their innovation speeds up. Their delivery on product speeds up. Everything speeds up. And so we make up for it and then some at the end. Oh, yes. You know, I'm thinking about integrity. You have this great way of describing integrity. Can you, can you say it? Sure. I mean, no, integrity is, is when your actions and your words match, right? So it's really that idea. Oh, the wholeness yes. and it's the wholeness. I'm with you now. Yeah, like, Sorry. I was like, no, no, okay, like, okay, the wholeness, you know, I talk about integrity is a physics term, right? So it means wholeness. It's the foundation. It, it's what holds everything together. And when you're one person here and one person here, or when a team is split, there's no integrity, there's no foundation, but when everybody, the foundation, the integrity of a team comes down to the boundaries and the rules of engagement that they've set up in order to perform in a way where you can have diverse people that come in with diverse thought. And in fact, just a really quick side note, a surprise to a lot of people, Harvard Business uh, Review did a study that showed mm -hmm. diversity when it's first approached in a, in a business setting mm -hmm. in particular actually creates chaos and dissent and frustration and, and, and negativity and toxicity, right? Why? Because we haven't taken the time first to get on the same page. Diversity of thought, diversity of background means that what respect looks like to you is going to look like different than what it looks like to me. And so I'm going to be offended by something because I think you're thinking of it the same way. But what it has shown is that now if we bring them together, get them on the same page, define the things that are most important to us, those boundaries, and then talk about what it looks like for our team, those teams outperform every other team. So diversity is really important, but we have to make sure that these rules of engagement are established so we can all see, hear, feel, value the same things. I'm coming, I'm visualizing the Maslow pyramid and the very foundation of that is, are the boundaries set? Yep. Are the rules of engagement very clear and articulated? And so this, this leads us to the tidbit, Yeah. right? Because we're moving, like we are all moving towards that heart healthy human. Right. And, you know, wherever we are in that journey and we do ask, like, we hope that you can just settle a little bit right now. Take that time. Where are you at? What is your style right now? Is it working out for you? Yeah. Right. Spend time really clearly thinking about the boundaries that you'd like to have within yeah. your unit, whether it's work or family within yourself. I think that's what we've emphasized. You have to first know start personally, there. how do mm -hmm. I feel safe, emotionally and physically safe? Yep. What are my boundaries? Yeah. Then articulating it, right? No, you really do have to be able to communicate that to others in a way where, remember, they don't know yet, right? So sometimes it can be in your body language or your actual language of saying, hey, and giving people the benefit of, of the doubt, you know, impact and intent are two different things. And so if you are able to go to a place and say, huh, instead of that person just respected me, say, hey, you know, um, what, what we just talked about there. 
felt a little bit off for me. Let me tell you why I'd appreciate in the future. If you used a different tone of voice with me, I actually, I can remember doing that. There was, I was, I was in a group of people and, and somebody, a student came at me and the other teacher that was standing with me didn't say anything about the tone of voice. They acknowledged the person's um, point mm. instead of actually. And I said, I am so happy to have this conversation when your tone of voice is respectful, like mine is, because I, I'm, I'm down for it. I will have it, but it has to sound this way. Mm. So it was clearly communicated. I'm not saying no, yep. but this is my boundary. When, yes. Mm-hmm. The one that can happen. Mm-hmm. And we're going to really emphasize that point in a second, but what's really, after we can articulate that and communicate that clearly, we've already touched on this, the courage to be consistent. Yes. And I'm using the word con- courage because sometimes it will be harder. Yeah. And this is where I, in the family world, I have witnessed that there's a sway of rules because, oh, this is just too hard. I can't, yeah. I can't stand um, firmly on this boundary today because it's going to be harder. Yes. But that means everything. How do we practice consistency? Yes. Yes. I think that's so true. Um, I, I, there's a, an idea that we always talk about having to do with uh, a cattle ranch. Right. Uh-huh. And when, when the, when there's disrepair in the fence, one cow goes through it and everybody else follows. Sure. Right. Yep. And then you fix it, but the, it's been through it once. So it'll go through it again. And so then you yes. get it and you gather and it's hard gathering Maybe everybody never. and bringing it in and like getting it. I mean, it takes 70 cattle out there. Got to bring them all right up. And then you have to turn up the, the intensity on the electricity right. when they go out, when you repair it again. And we've all so been there. Yeah. We've all been there. And then this is the one, the last tip is one that you've, when we talked about clearly articulating our boundaries, it's having relevant consequences. That's right. Yes. And that's so important. It's not about punishment. It's about what your desired boundary is. And so sometimes that if somebody isn't being respectful and you've asked for it, sometimes the consequence is to remove yourself. Um, We can't punish a colleague for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's having the conversation with them. It's uh, maybe it's, it's um, removing yourself from the company. If it's an environment that constantly is going against your boundaries, or if it's a child, maybe it is a timeout or having to write a, an apology letter, whatever that is, but there should be a, a relevant consequence that respects the dignity of the other human. And so in the end gets you to the desired goal. Cause again, sure. it's not about them. It's about us. What are we going to do? Right. Well, I love your, your previous example with the student. It's, Ooh, that felt a little off to me. Mm-hmm. So, and I hear this in the workplace, like you can't talk to me that way, or, mm-hmm. you know, I can't work in an environment like this. Right. But when we can find the words to communicate, it's not, it's not about, you know, you, you know, of course, maybe the disrespect or the boundary, like, oh man, that actually didn't feel right. When we can agree on this, we can engage again. I love the when, because there's no cutoff. There's yeah. no like distrust. You're just, com- and there's such a respect yes. and a dignity to both parties, That's even right. when those boundaries are crossed. That's right. I just love that. That's so powerful. Uh, no, I so agree with you because you know, I think what is so important for us to really think about and spend time with this, this is accountability to you. This is about making your life better. This is about um, how you show up in the world with authenticity and vulnerability to shine your light as well. And then giving others permission to do the same thing. Sure. So in the end, boundaries aren't about the other person. They are about you. Thanks for taking a beat with us. 
Feel free to connect with us at the dhfect.com and schedule your complimentary discovery call to help you and your business thrive.